0: Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about finding love after 50. Now, many of my listeners are single, and if you're single and you don't want to be, then stick around to hear what our next guest has to say. Dr. Joan Breger helps successful women use online dating to find a loving life partner. In fact, she wrote the book on it. It's called Never Too Late for Love, The Successful Woman's Guide to Online Dating in the Second Half of Life. Dr. Brager was certified as a relationship coach, and she herself met her husband on Match.com and got married at age 62. So she knows what she's talking about. But... Before we start, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by NordVPN. If you are going to be spending time on matchmaking websites, make sure that your computer and your personal information is safe. There are people out there who can steal your information, especially if you're on public Wi-Fi. So that means if you're at the library or at a coffee shop or at a store where you're using Wi-Fi, there are people that can just find your passwords and things like that. So go to rockyourretirement.com slash VPN, that's Victor, Paul, Norma, to check out Nord VPN. My husband and I have been using this exact service for many years, and honestly, I wouldn't use Wi-Fi without it. Plus, if you use that link, I'll get a small amount, and that'll help me continue with this show. Don't worry, you won't spend a penny more by buying the service using my link. Okay, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and bring on Dr. Joan Brager. Joan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kathy. I'm happy to be here. So I read your book. What made you write this book?
1: Well, I, uh, I, as you read in the book, I have had a long career actually as a teacher of leadership, and I was going to write another book on leadership. And at the same time, I was being trained and practicing as a relationship coach, and I said, I was starting to learn how many women were out there who were afraid in their 50s, 60s, and 70s to start dating. And, you know, I'm a person who has a fair amount of courage and also I know how to ask for support and coaching from other people. So I put my foot into the water and I found
0: out that other women need a lot of support to do this. Yeah, you said in your book that about half Of 60-year-old women are single?
1: It's an unbelievable number. It used to be in our age group there were just widowers, but there are two very large groups now. One, there's a lot of what they're calling gray divorce, women who've been married 25 or 30 years who don't want to be with that man for another 25 or 30 years as we're living longer lives. And then there's another group of women who have chosen to stay single for their whole life. So there's two groups that weren't there. Uh, 60 70 years ago
0: that's true I mean I was 42 before I got married you know I waited a long time it took me a long time to find the right guy but one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because there is an alarming divorce rate Mm -hmm. Um, I think they call it silver divorce or Mm -hmm. is there a name for that
1: yeah someone wrote a book about it called a gray divorce Mm -hmm. but yes that's what it
0: is there's and I, personally, I think that some of these divorces could be stopped if people had more communication. I mean, uh, what what we've found is that a lot of men, especially, will retire and they, some of that, you know, some of these men that have had these high power jobs, they retire and then they depend solely on their wife for their their social activities. And yeah. the wife has already got her social activities planned out and she doesn't want to you know, change what she's doing to, you know, deal with what the man, you know, what, what her husband wants to do. But that's not what this show is about. This is, you've already had the divorce or you've been single, you you're widowed or divorced or single your whole life and you don't want to be. So I love the fact that, that you talk about these online dating services that have come out over the years.
1: Well, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was divorced at 58 and I'm the kind of person I actually like to live in companionship and love. So I knew I wanted to get remarried. I knew that for a fact. Um, And it was my son who at the time was about 32 who encouraged me. It was a different world to me. I'd never really heard of it. And he encouraged me just to try it. And he was single at the time and he didn't have any problem with it. He would go meet a different girl every week and go out to dinner and it was fine with him. So I said, wow,
0: let me see if I, you know, put my foot in the water. So I did. Weren't you a little nervous about meeting people, you know, that you didn't know? Maybe one was an axe murderer or something. Like, How did you get over that sort of caution about meeting somebody that you really didn't know?
1: Well, you don't know these people and you're also the other difficulty is you're not in any social circle or community that they belong to. And so it's hard to check them out through other people. That's one really big difference of online dating. Um, So there's just literally, you know, three or four safety rules you practice. You don't give your phone number out to anybody. Um, You don't give your whole name out. You meet someone in a public place. You plan to meet them only for coffee, not for dinner. You don't want to get stuck for an hour with someone you don't know. But if you're having coffee and you're enjoying yourself, you can talk for a longer amount of time. Um, Even on the second date, you don't give them your address to pick you up. You still meet them in another place with your car. Uh, Some women like to uh, give somebody their phone number, a relative or a friend who could call. And if they feel like they need to get out of there, they say, excuse me. Uh, I have an emergency, I need to leave. So so you can get a call in the middle of it. But there are literally just half a dozen rules that you can follow
0: and be extremely safe. I I promise you that. But don't they get your phone number? Like, what if they start harassing you on the phone? Yeah, you don't give anyone your phone
1: number that you don't know. You um, ask to call. There's many ways to do it. Some people get a separate cell phone just for dating. But what I did was... I asked, I said, I would like, it got to the point in one or two exchanges on messaging that something was interesting. I would say, um, I would like to talk with you. Please give me your number. And then I would call them blocking my number. Mm. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I I learned that because one is one guy, actually, I, I teach at Boston University. And someone said he taught at Boston University. So I felt a little bit safe because we were in a common community. But then when I didn't want to go on a date with him, he called me several times. And that's when I learned, don't give anybody your number. Don't let anyone have your number.
0: Right, maybe get a Google number or something. <laughs> you know? Yes, that's a good idea. That's really a good idea. Right, your your online dating number. Yes. Um, now, one of the things that I noticed uh, about your book was that you had these practices. Right. And do you want to go over the practice? Why don't we start with practice one? Because I was thinking that practice one might be coming on a little bit strong for some people if it's on the first date. Do you want to talk about practice one and how to go about that?
1: Well, practice one is more of an internal practice. It's set your intention. What do you really want? Uh, And this is something you need to do before you go on online dating because people may want different things. Some people want to just date casually and meet lots of different people. And that's their lifestyle. Uh, Other people want to be in a committed relationship. And it's important for you to know what you want first. And that takes a little bit of work and reflection. And you can see in the book, I have uh, questions that you can ask uh, yourself, an inquiry you need to go through. What do I really want at this time in life? And can I, you don't need to tell the person on the first date what you want, but you need to be, clear. you wouldn't tell anyone on the first date, everything about you, but you need to be clear.
0: That makes sense because I was thinking, wow, I don't think I would tell somebody on the first date that I was looking to get married. <laughs>
1: well, no, you On a first date, you don't reveal intimate I don't recommend revealing. You're just, you're just, also, I also don't recommend on the first date interviewing the person, okay? You are just getting to know somebody to see, do you, the question you want to ask on the first date of yourself is, do I enjoy talking with this person? (laughs) Do I enjoy being with this person? And you want to slow your body down and take a couple deep breaths and really feel am I enjoying, do I feel safe? Am I enjoying myself? You know, you want to, you very much want to check in with yourself intuitively about what it's the experience of, you know, I'm with a man now I'm married to, and I'm, I just have to say this, I'm happy every day with him. And I felt that on my very first date with him, I felt comfortable.
0: But there were probably other people that you felt comfortable with as well, correct? Well, that's a really good point because,
1: you know, they say, is there love at first sight? Well, there might be, but I think it's important to get to know someone if you're going to choose to live your life with them. So, yes, you could feel comfortable with someone. I went out with many people on second and third dates before one or both of us realized there wasn't enough compatibility there. Right. It takes
0: takes a little while,
1: takes a little while to find out who someone is. You can find out if you're attracted to them on the first date. And here's something I want to tell women: If you go on a first date with a man and he doesn't express interest after that, that's fine. It doesn't it actually doesn't mean anything about you. It's just you can't predict what men are attracted to. You really can't. That's you know? true. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I consider myself to be a fairly average-looking woman, and I found that about half the people I dated were attracted to me and about half weren't. You know, it sort of went like that. That also breaks up another myth that they only want younger women. I was, you know, 59, 60 years old, and men who were in my age group were attracted to me, including my husband, God bless him. And, So you don't know, you might know you're attracted, you wouldn't, it takes time to find out.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, it's basically a numbers game when you're dating, right? You know, I I hate to say it like that, but I think that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't go out with enough people, you're, you're probably not going to find the one that's right for you.
1: I want to tell you the number of men I met in two years. I met 40 men. Oh my goodness. That's great. Isn't that, isn't that fabulous? And then one out of 40, that's all you need. Uh, you know, he showed up right before my 60th birthday and I, I had a coach and I had prompt, you know, I made it, this is very funny, I made an intention I would call him in by my 59th birthday and that didn't happen. So I said, what do I do now? She said, make another intention. So I said, okay, I'll call him in by my 60th birthday. Now, if I hadn't been clear about that, Uh, As I got closer to my 60th birthday, two different very short term two or three date relationships didn't work out for one very nice man very lovely man, but it just just wasn't right for both of us. So if I hadn't promised to call him in by 60, I would have, you know, taken a break, I would have taken two months off, I'm like, Oh, I can't go through this again. But I said, let me just try one more time and go through all the profiles of the men who are, here's Here's what I got it down to, in my age group, in my geography, and they look like they were basically educated in doing something they enjoyed doing. So if they had those three criteria, I didn't care what they wrote on their profile or anything, I would meet them because I learned you can't really tell much about people from an online profile, even though people work very hard to express themselves. You actually need to meet someone in person to get much of a reading on them.
0: I I agree with that. I don't think that you can marry a pen pal.
1: No, 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 no. And the only purpose, it's a catalog of men that you could say, oh, now my husband was very smart. We exchanged one message, one phone call, and the phone call is very short. He said, do you want to meet at Starbucks? And I said, Oh, I said to myself, oh, my God, this guy can't even talk on the phone. Like, But later on, he explained to me that he had been dating online for many years. And he learned that unless he met someone in person, he didn't know anything.
0: That Then that's, that's true. OK, I want to get through these practices. So okay. let's talk about practice two. Now, this really resonated with me. You said that if you want to have love in your life, you have to live a life of love. So what did you mean by that?
1: Well, it's just one of those paradoxes of life. If you want more love, the place it has to come from is, is you. And so what I did in practice was uh, things like I started to take vacations with my brother and his partner and invited my adult children so that, you know, we had a very loving week together. We still have that. You know, many years later, we still do that, a loving week together. I also made sure I spent time with friends I love. and. So when my husband came shortly before my 60th birthday, about our fourth date, I invited him to my birthday party. He actually said, are you sure? I said, <laughs> oh, what the heck? We'll try it. And he came and he met everyone in my life, family and friends whom I was in a loving relationship with. So, you know, I, I wasn't coming from deprivation. I was coming from I wanted a partner, which is a very different kind of love, but I also have love. I've been creating love
0: in my life. That's mm. what I. So good, so good. Now, practice three. Yes, this one is super important. Mm. Um, you said that your practice three was learning how to date online, and you mentioned that you need to know how to set up a profile. Right, you need to put up the right photos. Right. Learn how to reach out and respond to the men online. And I think a lot of women don't realize how visual men are. Yeah, men are completely visual. That's right. So you can say whatever you want in your profile. I mean, it has to match somewhat. But if you put some photos in there where they can't see your face or the photo was from, you know, 1999. Don't put old folks-
1: They won't like that. I'll I'll tell you two stories. Match.com did research. They put up a picture of a very sexy looking woman. And in her profile, she says she murdered her brother.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: No, the men did not read the profile. She
0: got an enormous
1: response rate.
0: Oh, my gosh. They didn't. Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you one other story about uh, getting online. It's very much a readiness level. I have one client. She's 70 years old. Um. Her husband passed away from a difficult illness. She had a difficult recovery from that. And she was very tech phobic. She didn't really like working her computer. She, with a lot of help from her son, she put up a profile. She couldn't get a photo up. And she a man messaged her. He said, actually, could you just text me a photo? She said, okay. Now, here's the readiness thing. They're, they're starting a very lovely relationship, the very first person she talked with. Now, That's not how it usually goes. But I think for her, she was very, I had been coaching her for a while. She was very ready to begin a new chapter of her life. Mm -hmm. And a lovely man showed up inside of that.
0: Wow. That, yes, that's awesome.
1: It was awesome. And yeah, so you need to, you need to know that some of the technical details I put, I have in the new book that's coming out, paperback in the summer, um, I have uh, do's and don'ts. I have all the things you do, do's and don'ts of online dating. There's just some things you need to know. Oh, by the way, Kathy, I want to tell you that if people would like an, uh, a digital version of my book, I'm happy to send it to them.
0: Okay. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, we'll we'll give out that information at the end. All right, but, okay, great. Um, okay. Now let's move on to practice four, which is basically learning how to deal with the disappointments of dating. Now, I have had several clients and friends who have gotten their hearts broken, basically. You know, they put all of this time building up a relationship. One in particular, I I remember this was about 10 years ago. I had a friend and she was was in her 60s and she met a gentleman and they started becoming intimate. Mm -hmm. And then he basically found somebody else and her heart was completely broken because she was a widow and it had been years since she'd been intimate with a man. And, you know, she kind of felt like she was back, you know, rewinding the clock when she was getting her heart broken.
1: There's a couple lessons in that one. And, you know, I, I advise this, about half the time people take my advice, half the time they don't. I really advise delaying intimacy until you know what kind of relationship you're in. I, I have to say that. It's not an easy thing in today's day and age. It's not a morality issue. It's a protecting your heart issue. Um, so, But nevertheless, people do get intimate early in relationships before they have a commitment from somebody. And, and that happens and it's dealing with that disappointment. It it doesn't even have to be after intimacy. You could go out with somebody three times and think they're great and they can decide you're not great. And you could get deeply disappointed from that as well. So it's the, the key in this. And that's why I do very deep coaching on this. I do a kind of coaching called calling in the one where it really, you have to unpack the, all the early parts of your heart that have been hurt in love and, and, and heal them so that every time some stranger uh, doesn't return your call, you don't get wounded by it. It's, it's very important. That right. That, right. Yeah. So, right, yes, there's right. a lot of healing, and I, I teach women how to heal themselves from because the healing is very important, or else you will stop reaching out to meet new people.
0: And then you'll be alone, and that's not what you want. Right. And that brings us to practice five. Right opening your life to having a parenthesis real yeah. and parenthesis man. So how did how did this happen?
1: Well, this is very funny because my husband and I, when we looked at our profile, this is very funny. I had very professional photos. I, I At the time I was a management consultant. So I had beautiful professional photos. He thought I was a little too corporate. I looked at his photos. He was on a dock with a dog and a great big beard and his jeans. And I thought he might be too much of a hippie for me. (laughs) So, so we, but we said, all right, well, but we'll be open to meet. We'll at least meet each other. Well, it turned out in reality, we're both a little bit more to the middle of that spectrum. Okay. (laughs) We have a tremendous amount in common. Um, And uh, so, uh, you know, and he's also, he's, you know, he's a guy, he's not me. Uh, if I if I want to talk about something in great depth, emotions, I will call you, Kathy, to talk about him. He, he, he's always open to talking with me. He loves to talk with me. But it's a different relationship than a girlfriend. You know, he's... He, and I like it. By the way, the thing you mentioned about retirement, I like it that he's busy doing the things he likes to do. You, right. know, right. he, you know, he putters around the house. He repairs things. He's a pain, uh a, he's a painter, he he paints, he's an artist. And so he can stay busy for hours doing that. I, I love that he can entertain himself. I really do love that.
0: Mm, I love that too. You know, I'm a, I'm an aspiring artist as well. Just started drawing with colored pencils and that takes hours and hours and hours. There's nothing slower than working with colored pencils, <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. So anyway, uh anyway, that brings us to the final practice and that is getting support. And listener, that's either, you know, get going coaching or reading books or talking to your girlfriends. You know, Dr. Dr. Brager does have a coaching practice. I mentioned that in the beginning of of this, you know, when I introduced her. But she also Dr. Brager reached out for support to her mentor, Catherine Woodward Thomas, who wrote "Calling in the One." And so, how how was that for you? One, I'll just say,
1: one you have to get support. One one of my clients says, as she went into her second year, she said, "I have to get the courage to keep fishing because this is hard." And if she she says, if she hadn't had a coach, she would have given up. that, that that's what support does for you. I was thrilled to find Catherine. She is a very brilliant family therapist. And she's sort of taken apart what happens when people have had repetitive patterns of love not working out, how you can undo that. And she taught me eventually and trained me as a coach. Um, So I really know the value of coaching. I actually, uh, I say I paid Catherine what a trip to Portugal would cost. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew it would be I would get more from having a long-term relationship with a good man than I would from traveling one time. So, um, uh, I continue to learn from Catherine. She's a great mentor. And uh, there's something to learn that's new because uh, we are, these great divorces are partly because people are living longer and more healthily. You know, you know, we now have an extra decade of our lives if we're lucky and fortunate, which most of us are. We have an extra decade of healthy living where we're no longer, I'm starting that one now. I love it. We're no longer worried about establishing a career or being successful that way. And we're no longer child rearing, which I'm also happy that that's over with. And we're looking at 10 or 20 years of healthy life. And that's why they're more Divorces not only healthy life, but women who you know know how to support themselves and are not financially dependent on men. So you want to have choice to live that part of your life as happily as possible. So that's that's what you can get. You can get support to do that uh, through coaching.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now we're coming to the end of the interview, and I want to tell the listener that I did see. Uh, Joan's wedding pictures, they are in her book. And I noticed that your husband is not wearing a beard. Did he have a beard when you met him? Very funny. He had a very full beard when I met him. And then he went through, uh,
1: you know, what people do when they're dating. He shaved for me just to see what it was like. (laughs) And a woman in his office said, Oh, if I'd known you were so handsome, I would have gone out with you. But (laughs) uh. Well, sorry, you, you can't judge a book by its covers. You should have had some courage. <laughs> um, he has since grown back a little goatee. He's come down to the, the middle and he looks very, I think he looks very handsome.
0: <laughs> how can the listener um, get a copy of your book so that they can read it and see your wedding photos?
1: Oh, uh, sweet. Uh, I'm happy to give people a free digital copy of my book. Um, I'm working on a landing page, but in the meantime, you can write me at Joan, J-O-A-N, at Joan Brager. One word, I'm going to spell it, J-O-A-N, B as in boy, R-A-G as in good, A-R, JoanBrager.com. Joan at JoanBrager.com. I'll be happy to send you this book and, right. the, do's and, don'ts, and the do's and don'ts, the tips for how to do online dating.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been great fun. And I, I hope that the listener had as much fun as I have. Okay, Kathy. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Yes. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.